Hi, and welcome to Bonescast, a podcast where we are watching and discussing Fox's hit TV show, Bones. I'm Ella. And I'm Niara. And, God, we have been gone for a minute. I bet you guys thought you were almost rid of us, but we're back, suckers. We have, uh, what have we been up to, Niara? Um, I've been up to a whole lot of nothing, honestly. Yeah, playing Don't phone games. Don't say that, because that makes it sound like we just didn't do the pod for no reason. That's true. I have been, um actually studying a rare uh, bacteria that grows in the Amazon, but I am back. She's doing the Lord's work, um, <laughs> and I've been working like 12-hour days, which is I've been I- selling clothes to Karens. Um, oh, that's good. My mom verbally sent me. abused me. Oh, in Loft. I thought you meant like on eBay. No. Um, but we're back nonetheless and uh this episode we're returning to bones you might have thought our last episode was going to be the first part of a two-parter but we never did the second part and then we didn't want to (laughs) so vestigial bones (laughs) vestigial bones the kissing booth part two will be just like the phantom limb of this podcast forever spoiler alert the second one was worse (laughs) it was worse I had some real thoughts about it, but we just, we can't get to it. Too long, didn't listen. (laughs) I, you know, may still write like 10 pages because I took so many notes. Maybe you should just publish your notes in full on your website for all of us. That would honestly be hilarious. Yeah. Um, But this episode, we're we're returning to uh, the iconic gravedigger parts of Bones, and we're going to talk about the courtroom episode, the end of season five, the penultimate episode of season five, where they take Heather Taffet, aka the gravedigger, to court, and they have to uh, solve a new case mid-episode, mid-trial, inexplicably, to uh, <laughs> get her convicted. So that's what we're talking about. I'm very excited. I am a huge fan of legal dramas. A legal drama is my sweet spot. I do like medical dramas, but I absolutely love legal dramas. I will watch any legal drama. Um, legal dramas are the bread and butter of network television. Any, yeah, any network. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they all do and them. They all, they're all the same. And also, network. They're not all the same. First of all, there are some very they're all important the same differences. In all the best ways. Uh. Maybe. Um, I think I would I would love to have a whole episode (laughs) about what legal dramas are good and why I think so. Um, Like I love Law and Order. I think, you know, the law part sometimes bumps like I don't care for it as much as the legal part. And then the legal part. You just like the order. Yeah. Yeah. Or the the order part also, though, sometimes leaves something to be desired in terms of my my person. I've talked about a million times on this show, but uh the good wife is my one of my favorite shows which really gets into the weeds of what i think a legal drama can be interesting with i also after watching this episode of bones rewatched the first season of damages which is an amazing show um a legal show and uh that honestly this episode of bones is such a crappy legal episode It's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. And I have a lot of notes about why. But if legal shows were not a genre, I'd be like, wow, this is so fun and interesting. 
But, you know, but anyone this is... who's seen even half of an episode of Law and Order was like, wow. What's going on here? I wish I were just watching Law and Order. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're talking about season five, episode 21, The Boy with the Answer, aka the courtroom one. Um, the IMDb logline for this episode is the trial of the gravedigger hits close to home for the members of the team and everybody at the Jeffersonian must work overtime to uncover the evidence to elicit a conviction. That's a weird, that's weird. As usual. Elicit? What? Elicit is not the right word for that. Did I say elicit? No. The, you did, but maybe I yeah, made it that's, up. Yeah, that's what... No, that's what IMDb would Oh, illicit. But they're using illicit yeah. with an E. Yeah, but it doesn't sound right. Yeah, but like, I think colloquially no one would say that. No. You wouldn't. Illicit is like when you're trying to get someone to tell you something. Exactly. Not when you're, you're trying, trying to, to get a judge. it to... out of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> a judge has to give a ruling, so. Right. Um, this episode aired May 13, 2010, and we have already done, like, basically all of the box office in that area, so I have, speaking of IMDb, another game. Okay, so here, awesome. here's a fun fa- fact. I tried to make a really cute courtroom TV show game where I was going to give you a bunch of actors and see if you could guess if they had been on Law & Order or not. And Oh, that's so good. It wasn't, because I couldn't find a single actor who hadn't been on Law & Order. <laughs> Um, I actually know for a fact that Ellen was never on Law and Order, and I know that because... Who the fuck because... is Ellen? Like, DeGeneres? <laughs> yes. Pompeo? Not Ellen Pompeo. I the, bet you $5 the, Ellen the Pompeo eponymous was on Ellen, Law and Order. The eponymous Ellen was never on um, Law and Order, and I know that because earlier today I was watching Timothy Chalamet on Ellen... And she, of course, dragged out some clip of him. And his first, like, big acting role was on Law & Order, as most New Yorkers, you know, do. And and he was like, yeah, well, everyone's been on Ellen. It's Everyone's been on Law & Order. It's like a a rite of passage. And she was like, not me. Well. And everyone laughed. But she came up as a comedian, so that's, like, not super surprising to me. But I also thought about doing a version of the game where I gave you, like, 15 and, and... Every single time, it was just yes. But then I thought that <laughs> well, was well. You know, be no boring. one ever thought when Ice T first came on the scene that he would be on SVU. And you know what? Detective Tutuolo is still out That's there. That's so true. Um, my favorite uh, story about a New Yorker being on Law and Order is: Have you seen The Sopranos? Some. Okay, so his son, the the guy who plays mm-hmm. his son um gave an interview he like stopped acting he did the sopranos and then that was like it but he (laughs) gave an interview recently or maybe not that recently he gave an interview at some point where he said that his other two acting roles had been on law and order and that both times he had taken the role uh to get out of jury duty (laughs) oh my god isn't that a great story that's amazing i love that my mom loves to watch law and order I think it's honestly like a New Yorker thing just for her because she loves to be like, that's not where that is. Or, oh, remember her? You went to school with her kid, you know? Yeah. I mean, I got to say my one of the biggest joys of watching The Good Wife, which is very much a Chicago show, but it's just so filmed in New York and they don't try to hide (laughs) it. And so my favorite thing about The Good Wife is being like, hey, that's Sixth Avenue. (laughs) 
My favorite thing about watching Law & Order is when they film at Columbia and then they say it's another school. They, like, made up a fake, like a fake university. One. Yeah, I think Hudson? Yeah. Hudson University. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, quick Law & Order trivia. Do you know who was on Law & Order for the most episodes? Which cast member? No. It's Esapatha. Anthony Anderson? Esapatha. Huh. Yeah. She was in the most ones. Um, all right. So let's get into the IMDb game. I'm going to do mine first because I assume you haven't cho- chosen an actor yet. Um, also, all I stole this game fully. I stole this game from uh, the... the which, which podcast actually does this? Now I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, oh, it's the uh, uh, This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, which is a great podcast. Everyone should go check it out. If you're, especially if you're into awards, which I am in a very in data focused way, um, it's about movies that had Oscar buzz, but then ne- were never nominated for any. Um, it's a great podcast, but they do this game every episode. And uh, so I'm going to, I my first, so this episode features uh, Sweets, played by John Francis Daly, who has gone on to do some writing and directing and co-directed uh the co-directed the movie uh game night have you seen it no i haven't seen it yet it's so good it's actually quite good i I watched it it and (laughs) then um i watched it with a friend and at the end of it we were like was that like the best movie i've seen all year that's hilarious (laughs) um but it features Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman. So I'm going to give you mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams. What are her no- That's so funny. I was already on Jason Bateman's. Don't go to the pages. Don't go to Rachel McAdams' no, I, page. No, I was already on Jason Bateman like before you brought that up. Oh, like you were on his page. Um, yeah, oh. like I was going to give you Jason Bateman. Well, I haven't um, looked at okay, his Rachel, yet, so you can if you want to. Rachel McAdams. Yes. Hazard a guess and say Mean Girls in the Notebook. Correct and correct. Oh, I forgot to mention okay. one part of the uh, the game. Sorry, I did a bad job. Um, if you get two wrong, then I give you the years of all the ones you haven't gotten yet. Fuck. Okay. But you got two right, so you're already you're doing great. Well, two out of four is not a passing grade. Um, I feel like I recently saw Rachel McAdams in a movie, and I was like, wow, I didn't recognize her. What movie was that? I don't know. That's weird. I know. I have no freaking idea. Give me the years. Okay, so this will clear that up for you. 2009 and 2005. And if you're having trouble, like, I, I play this a lot at work sometimes, and, like, I'll, I'll start just, like, kind of loosey-goosey giving hints. 2005. One of these movies I don't think you've seen at all and you may not know about, so I might just give you that one. But the f- Yeah, what is it? It's Red Eye. It's like a thriller with um with Cillian Murphy that came out in 2005. Wow, Rachel McAdams was just fucking killing it in 2004. 2005. Yeah, that was really her prime. Mean Girls, The Notebook, and then Red Eye, Family Stone, and Wedding Crashers. Like all in basically one one year. Two years. What is the movie that I'm thinking of? 
that's not what you're thinking of isn't it though it's this is a big fr- I know. franchise in 2009 um it's she's kind of a vaguely small part of it but she's in it and it stars was she in um hangover was she one of the wives no it's not a comedy it's based on a, a an old book it's like an old property an old kind of thing Famous mm. character, famous detective. A famous detective? That should give it. That should be it. It should. It should. Starring Robert Downey. Holmes? Yep, correct. Well done. I never watched those. They're pretty good. That first one is pretty good, I think. I don't know if I've seen the second one, but I don't think she's a I big... Remember. I think she's like kind of the obligatory woman but I don't think she's oh, in classic. it. She's kind of a femme fatale, but I don't think she's a huge part of it. But it's good in general. All right. Do you want to give me give me someone? I'm ready. Okay. Well, your actor is Jason Bateman. Okay. Um, oh, the other rule is that if there's a voice acting role or a TV show, you have to disclose if there is how many of those there are. Okay. There's one voice acting role. Oh, fuck. And one TV show. Okay. Ozark is the show. No, it is not. Oh, fuck. Um, what the <laughs> hell has Jason Bateman been in? Um, okay, I'm going to try to get the movies first. Uh, Jason Bateman. Is Horrible Bosses on there? No. Uh. See, this is why. Um, one of these movies stars an actor who was recently in a lot of headlines. <laughs> that could be anybody. Oh, I forgot Arrested Development. Yes, That's Arrested Development. Show. That was okay. concerning. Yeah. yeah. That was concerning. Um. <laughs> Listen, which one did he win more Emmys for? <laughs> You're right. Um, the voice acting role. Which one have I, more people actually seen? The voice acting role I can totally tell you I'm not going to get. Okay, so someone. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he was in this. So someone Do you want me to tell you? No, I'm, I'm going to try. Okay. Um, so someone who was in, contra- in the headlines, was it? It wasn't it wasn't a controversy. This person not horrible bosses. Made an announcement. Is it horrible bosses too? No. <laughs> Semantics. I'm thinking no, of, it I'm is thinking not of horrible all of bosses. The terrible rom-coms he's been in and I feel like they're no. all with Rachel, uh, no. with Jennifer Aniston and she's been Ella, fine. Ella, this is a movie with an iconic soundtrack. Oh, Coming of Age. Oh. Oh, I fucking hate him in this movie i mean he's good in it but i hate his character Juno. he's good but he plays an asshole yeah yes elliot page yes elliot page wow. was the person i was in I was such a haze last week i didn't even i forget yeah okay i'm so glad i got that um i know okay so we've got a voice role in a random other movie give me something about the other yeah. movie the other movie i have never heard of <laughs> oh always shit. a good start it came out in 2013. Is it a comedy? It about, I guess you don't it, know. You've never heard of it. It's a comedy. It's is it? It's this is where drama. I leave you. I know you've. I know you've heard it's of that. It's not. Okay. It's not. I know you've I've, heard I've of that, that one because I recently sent you a review I wrote of that movie from high school <laughs> that never was published. Um, uh, this film is it. Is it the one with Melissa McCarthy? Identity no, that. but Melissa McCarthy's husband, Ben Falcone, is, is in, in this it? movie. What the? F- oh, it's yes. bad words. Yes. 
that's not a very good movie. Well, that's what he's known for, according to some nerd on the internet. I was about to have to guess butter. (laughs) (laughs) Not butter. (laughs) Okay, the voice role I'm never going to get. I saw someone with a butter... um, christmas ornament the other day and I from was like, the Why? movie or just butter the yes. commodity? that's really no that person must be like press and got it as a as it a was gift. so bizarre the voice role okay wait the voice t- give role. me the year real quick let me see what the I year hear. 2016 okay is it a like did it win best animated is it pixar or absolutely not it really? is a Disney. Rango? It's a Disney no, animated not. movie, not Rango. <laughs> um, Shakira has Shakira. a song from this movie that plays like in Target. I I can't and think of a Shakira song that's been one playing. of the characters from this movie. Everyone on Twitter says is sexy despite the fact that it is not human. Robin Hood? No. I I don't know what it is. Tell me. Okay. It's Zootopia. Niara. Zootopia won the the best animated feature. Oscar. Really? Yes, and it's Pixar. Well, it says <laughs> You said you said absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Okay, That's full hilarious. disclosure, I never saw Zootopia. <laughs> I don't think I, I didn't see it either, but I know that it was the Pixar movie that year, which means it won the Oscar. Um, okay, well, it's Disney slash Pixar, obviously. And, well, but um, they're all Disney pl- slash Pixar at this point. That We don't need true. to get you're, into the weeds you're of correct. that. We don't need to get into the weeds. You are correct. Um, so now that we've played our IMDb game, <laughs> I might cut all now that or we are... significant amount of that out. Uh, we're gonna, now we're 40 minutes now in. Now we're 40 minutes <laughs> in. A lot of it was chat at the beginning, though, so we're, we'll be fine. Um, That's true. We're going to talk about this courtroom Bones episode. Um, it opens with a weird dream sequence that is ca- pretty scary, but it's like... So I used to intern at a ghost show, like a ghost hunting show, and it looks Never forget. very much... It looks very much like the graphics they would use there. Like, in terms of, like, glitch, like, presets and stuff. It's, like, weird. But also, we should mention that we skipped this episode, but um, in between the episodes that we are watching, uh, Booth got trapped in a ship. And so that's partially yes. what this is about. That that informs this episode. The grave digger, the grave digner, the grave digger um, kidnapped Booth and locked him in a naval ship that was set to be sunk. Cute. Sunken. Um, it was set to be blown up and he had this whole vision of a former, um, army buddy of his and they together escaped and Bones saved him and it was super emotional. Oh, I forgot about the army buddy who's there with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote, OMG, Heather is so fucking scary. She's so she scary. Is, she was, has such a scary face. She's, and she's so good. I think this episode is really being buoyed by what she's doing as an actor. Her I performance her. is so good. And I spent a while thinking about, you know, the nuance. I was trying to figure it out. I was like, why is she so scary? And I, because on the surface, her face, she looks like a Cabbage Patch doll. You know, like there, <laughs> there's nothing menacing 
But there's something about her eyes. I don't think I've ever seen her blink. <laughs> there's like a there's like a sustained eye contact that she has <laughs> with the other actors that I just think I don't see otherwise. And she does have like a perfect gravedigger face because she's always like both scowling at you and saying you didn't figure it out and smiling. She's kind of she's always she's a, got a kind clever of smiling. Yeah, she looks like she's one step ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Bones, this is a Bones nightmare, and she wakes up. And I wrote interior Bones house, uh, wide belt. Five years later, she's still making it work. <laughs> Um, and she's also watching TV on, like, a Dell desktop, which I thought was odd. Um, and Bizarre. She, we introduced period. that she's kind of disassociating from the personal nature of the case. Uh, she says, oh, it's just another case, Booth. I've testified, testified before. Whatever, whatever. Um, and her dad yeah, everyone expresses that it's far from a slam dunk, which kicks us off yeah everyone is worried about temperance because as we all know she does not emote in a typical manner and this is an incredibly sensitive and and personal case for her and she you know tries to maintain her steely exterior and brush everyone off but it's it's clear that she's trying to keep it together i've just put something together heather is scary you ready Hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like Bones is the blueprint for Sheldon on the Big Bang Theory. Like, they were like, we're going to take all of the interesting parts where she gets emotional sometimes and connects with people sometimes and, like, makes friends and everything's heartwarming out of it, and we're just going to make a joke. We're just going to make a sitcom out of the jokes where Bones doesn't understand sarcasm, and it was called the Big Bang Theory, <laughs> and it went for 12 years, and it made a billion, jillion dollars. I'm mad. I have never seen The Big Bang Theory. Okay, I've seen like three to four episodes. I've seen like one episode on a bus. <laughs> like I recall distinctly being on a tour bus. This might have been when we were in high school. And Wait, so were you? For I some feel reason, like this was when we went to D.C. and maybe we were on different it buses. It definitely was. Mr. <laughs> showed us <laughs> showed us the Wilco documentary. And you were over there watching oh, the Big Bang Theory. and I was on the plebeian Big Bang Theory bus. <laughs> and why did that bus get satellite? Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I So I, I've i seen maybe 20 minutes of a, well, they probably all love 20 minutes episode of Big Bang Theory, including commercials. So. Wait. So, okay. Yeah. That's interesting that you were watching commercials on the satellite. Anyway. Um but anyway, just to, I hate to, I, I feel bad about, here's what actually has happened. I'm, I'm going to unpack an emotional journey that I've gone on, which is that I've hated the Big Bang Theory for a long time. It really infuriates me. And as a result, I'm going to admit that I also hated Kaylee Kuoko for no reason. But I've started, <laughs> watch, I've started, watching, started watching The Flight Attendant on HBO Max, which is excellent. I love it. I can't wait for new episodes to come out. It's amazing. And I just would like to make a public apology to Kaylee Kuoko, who I misjudged. I would love to watch that, but my mom canceled her HBO Max account. Well, I will give you access to mine. Yeah. Okay, so there's this whole preamble, and then we go into the courtroom for what is essentially 
pre-trial motions kind of it's like a uh evidentiary hearing where um so basically an evidentiary hearing is like when the prosecutor presents evidence uh through witness testimony or whatever um and then the judge decides if there's enough evidence to a go to trial and it's also where the judge could decide if certain evidence is not relevant enough to be used in trial and the judge decides that um taffet argues that the evidence found in the locker which we didn't see on this podcast we saw in our hearts um that they found this locker that booth's brother helped them get into because booth's uh safety was at risk so she the the judge argues or taffet argues it's inadmissible and the judge agrees so all the stuff in the locker which is super damning doesn't make it to trial yeah Basically, in the locker, they found information that proved that she was married for a certain amount of time just to get a storage unit in a different name that wasn't connected to her. Um, And it had everything that she had used in previous cases, and they couldn't use any of it. So now they're like, shoot, we're about to go to trial. Everything we had is gone. Yeah. I mean, I... See, what I don't like about this Bones courtroom episode, which I didn't care about the first time I watched Bones, I think, but having seen a lot of much more intricate legal shows like Damages and The Good Wife, like, they just are not that interested in why this decision got made. Like, basically, if you have an emergency situation where there's imminent danger, you don't need a warrant. And... There absolutely was imminent danger here in the case of Booth, and they just don't at all talk about why the judge just decides that there, you know, that circumstance existed. Like, they don't care. This is, they just need an inciting incident for the episode here, and they don't care at all about why this decision got made, which frustrated me because I was like, I want to know more about, like, I want to litigate this more, pun intended, you know? Um... (laughs) So I think the fact that it was his brother is sus, yeah, but they don't. But they don't. They don't talk about that, you know. Like they just. They just. The judge just decides, and that's that's just it. So, I don't know. I also wrote, "LOL, Caroline is such a sassy prosecutor." She really is. I mean, I know it's TV, but there is never a time when she's not out of line. You're out of order. Yeah, I will say that one of the things, though, that is kind of cathartic about this is that you do spend a lot of Bones episodes being like, um, is that going to affect, like, how this gets tried? Like, every Bones episode ends with them figuring out who it is, but it it just doesn't, Bones isn't a show that talks about the trial, and so you kind of, a lot of the stuff that Booth does and a lot of the stuff, I mean, we talked about this a little bit with when we did our propaganda episode about some of the questionable things that Booth does and the FBI does, but, like, some of it you're, like, eh, I, I know that we got to the truth here, and that's, like, where this episode kind of concludes, but, like, I don't know if this is going to work in court, which is essential for a lot of the victims is, like, what is important, and we just, like, kind of never get there with Bones. Um, yeah. And I like that here it's, like, there's, there's a consequence to them not just them just like getting to the truth and not thinking about what is going to be admissible to actually convict the person caroline's role 
primarily on the show is to secure a warrant and to give you know snappy dialogue about interpersonal relationships and you don't really get to see her do her actual job very often i know so that is cool and i wish she would i wish she would i i would i wish for more scenes between her and booth where she's like this is all good and great and like i love what you guys are up to over here like you guys obviously have like a pretty good partnership but like we need you to get some more admissible stuff like yeah so and i don't know anyway um also caroline has this big moment where she decides if they're still going to go to trial or not because basically all of her evidence that is really important and damning has been considered inadmissible at least i mean here's the thing my understanding of the legal system is completely based on for the most part episodes of television but in most cases the judge most americans would agree yeah anyway by the time this preliminary hearing evidentiary thing ends uh Taffet comes up to Bones and says, you're so brilliant. Why didn't you f- figure out the number? And then, boom, titles. So now we got to figure out the number. Dun, dun. Um, that was the law and order so they noise go- <laughs> that you made. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to when you're talking about any sort of legal yeah. drama. Even in I'm going to put it in, actually. I'm gonna- oh, my God, yes. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are, these their, are their stories. <laughs> I have I've only seen it once or twice. It's no big deal. Um, <laughs> um, so then they go to the lab and they're scrambling. You know, they're nervous because they need to find the quote unquote number. Heather has threatened bones with some number and and bones does an impressive display in this moment where you know heather taffet is being carted away by the court judges or by the court the bailiff guards yeah i couldn't remember that word by the bailiffs and she goes you're so smart how come you couldn't find out the number and bones (laughs) right away goes she's she knows that i don't have enough evidence and I just thought it was so weird because Bones is typically not good at nuance. And in that moment, she knew immediately that it was a clue for her and a trick about, you know, Heather trying to get into her head and psych her out and make her think that she wasn't smart enough to handle the case, which I just thought was interesting. Well, she's, but she's straddling it. Now. I think she she understands. I mean, Booth more Booth and maybe just Booth is like, you know, she's trying to mess with your head. I think Bones can yeah. see that that's a possibility, but is also so taunted by the idea that she's kind of thinking, oh. She's missed something. Yeah, so she she's half convinced by her trying ah. to mess with her head and half not. Are you okay? My apologies ahead of time. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> okay. I knocked something over. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, so back at the lab, Angela starts pulling all of the records quote-unquote and it's Angela so has intense all kinds of numbers as a visual like, why is there a visual for the process of pulling all the records i know that we hammer on this every episode they love to just yada yada angela's database of information and how quickly she can assemble it anyone who has ever compiled data to analyze knows that it takes forever and not just like tapping some things on your ipad and there's not a visual component (laughs) 
no, like this. No. But she basically like a she basically says I'm scramble. comparing every number involved with this case to every other number. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 the numbers didn't even make sense. Some of them were like, okay, the victim's social security numbers or phone numbers or weight or height. Yeah. And then some of them, I think Bones suggests try entering the weight of their remains. Heather Taffet wouldn't have known the weight of their remains. Yep. Because she wouldn't have been able to predict when, if ever, She's not a the forensic, remains would be found. Yeah, she doesn't have the decomposition knowledge that the Jeffersonian does. Yeah. Um, so. And there's also introduced this tension between how Bones... Because Bones and Hodgins share this trauma of having been buried alive by Heather mm-hmm. Taffet. And they, they're kind of processing it differently. And, and Hodgins is not processing it quite as... He's not compartmentalizing the way Bones is, and he's kind of, understandably, I mean, it's like, he shouldn't be working on this at all. I mean, this comes up later, but, like, none of that, like, this should be outsourced, but regardless, he sort of is a lot more sensitive about it than she is, and she's compartmentalizing pretty um, severely, and then we go to the diner, and Booth and Bones are talking about, or no, Booth and caroline are talking about it um caroline brings booth some vague documents about her old trials because she used to be a prosecutor um i said lol booth has some serious angel hair here if you've ever seen (laughs) buffy or angel his hair does this thing that it's doing here which is that it like kind of sticks straight up in the front it's like he has bangs but then he like gelled them up spiky yeah just how just how you like them in the 90s yeah and or 2007 if you never left the 90s i guess um (laughs) but yeah caroline brings these vague documents about her old trials and she also does some weird like oh there's something between you which watching watching out of order i'm like we're really in season five doing this there's something between you riff i had the same thought and then i remember that bones is 12 seasons (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're not even halfway um the same number of seasons as uh Big Bang Theory. Coincidence? I think not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But anyway, so yeah. And then we go back to the lab. Angela is like listening to calls. Um, She has all of these monitors set up. The amount of work that I could get done if I had the monitor set up that Angela does is just crazy. I can attest to this. Um, My mom works with three monitors and... Anytime she sees someone on one computer, she's like, wow, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I work, either. I have two I monitors two. up right now. I work with yeah. two, but one is just so I can look at other stuff while I'm working. I never – yeah, that's true. Sometimes <laughs> I do that. But I never uh, – I don't really work on the computer anymore, but, like, when I when I do, I have to have my monitor. Um, but Angela is – so we have this – Angela's listening to calls or whatever, but also – Hodgins comes in and talks about how they're married. Surprise! Exclamation point. And they haven't told anybody. They got married in jail. They got married in jail. And, like, I I actually... This is a huge TV trope, is we are engaged slash married. (coughs) Oh, I got coffee. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, huge tv trope tv trope we're Uh, together and nobody can know yeah and this is actually though this doesn't bother me that much because Hodgins has some serious trauma that he's dealing with right here like i would be destroyed 
so then we go to Bones' office. Bones is talking about Taffet. Bones is like, I can't get a, let her win. This, you know, like she has she, she Bones is dealing with this thing where she feels like oh my gosh, she's developed personal relationship. She can't be as smart. And, yeah, which is and it's really I upsetting. buy like I buy this thing where Bones is like that's why I never was in a like in relationships it was because I wanted that's messes it up and she's worried that Booth is like shut she's up she's compromised her skills yeah to let people I actually, in and it's so sad it made me think of when um in 30 Rock she's like oh people make people make the sex go away or whatever she says but it, <laughs> yes it's really, you know, it's it's much more poignant. <laughs> Wait, than, what, what? What is that line? Than Liz uh, Lemon's sex hangups, but oh, sex makes the people go away. Sex makes the people go away. And for and for bones, you know, people make the work go away and the intelligence go away. And she has this really, yeah. really heartbreaking moment where she's like, maybe the fact that I I built these relationships means that I'm no longer able to do the one thing that has defined who she's been for so long and it's so heartbreaking particularly because that one thing is what she needed to survive the trauma of having been kidnapped and buried alive yeah and it's just so and the thing she was like for both her and Hodgins the thing they were thinking about right when they almost died and also it's it's heartbreaking to watch her come to this revelation to the person she's basically saying you know like she's telling this to booth her most important relationship that she's built thus far on the show so she's like oh i'm regretting having grown close to you yeah yeah and like we're, like she doesn't have the self-awareness to be like maybe this isn't the person i should be talking about this to <laughs> yeah. you know maybe the man who's um, obviously in love with me <laughs> I yeah, shouldn't, maybe, I shouldn't tell him Maybe this. I shouldn't be like, oh, I should not care about you anymore in order to be yeah. smarter. Like, that's yeah. maybe not a good angle. <laughs> I will say, though, if I can interject, that we have omitted an important part of the initial sequence. Uh-oh. Or not, not necessarily the dream sequence, but of the beginning. There is this clip of a newscast in which a reporter discusses the fact that heather taffet aka the grave digger is going to trial and she is suspected in the disappearance of a boy who's never found yeah we sorry we did miss that clue so they say you know the grave digger is believed to be responsible for you know the kidnapping and burial of you know these scientists and this fbi agent and these children who were found you know the aliens in a spaceship and then also a new case we've not yet heard of of a little boy who went missing and by we we mean the viewers of the tv show bones yes yeah yeah so that you're right that was planted in the i got distracted by it being adele uh computer that she was watching (laughs) tv on in her kitchen (laughs) Um, but so, and then in this scene, Booth, they look at the call, the only call she made from jail, and it's a Salt Lake City number, which, why does Booth have that area code memorized? I don't know, but then they go to (laughs) Booth's office, where he has a Dillinger poster framed in his office. Of course. (laughs) And, uh, they look up the number. Um, and then they go back to the lab. It's like a pizza. He calls it, it's like a pizza place, right? 
And they're so confused. They're like, why they're like, would, why would she call? Place? But it's almost like that's the number. <laughs> that must be it. It's so funny. Angela, call off the data <laughs> analyzation analysis. Um, and then they go back to Angela. I said, in this scene, you should drink every time uh, someone says numerical sequencing program. Whoops. <laughs> I'm going to say that sentence again. I wrote, drink every time someone says numerical sequencing program. I don't know why I can't say that very well. Numerical um, sequencing program. Angela's doing some other computer shit. And the number is actually, the number she called is a GPS location. This is deranged. <laughs> this is honestly, this whole. On Heather's whole, part. The whole conviction and um, ruling in this case hinges upon the fact that they found out that she had memorized and called a Salt Lake City pizza place that had a phone number that was exactly the same as, as GPS coordinates. Where she buried this next person. This Is next that even kid. possible? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, we're going to suspend disbelief here. I like that, that Heather's like the the whole thing is this episode is like heather taffet's undoing is her hubris because she gives them the information to solve this because she's just like bored or some shit she's just (laughs) like so interested in her own i mean i get it like if i had gone through the trouble of memorizing a uh uh 10 i guess digit uh gps coordinate and then gone through the trouble of making that my only phone call, and then no one found it, I would be like, well, guys, what did I do that for? Restaurants close all the time. What if that were no longer a pizza place? It doesn't matter that it's a pizza place. It just matters that it's the number. The number is always going to be on That's true. That's true. Also, the most pandemic thing we've said all episode is restaurants close all the time. Too soon. Too soon. Um... So anyway, they they so then that's the, that's the act break is uh is them finding this out. No, it's not. Sorry, they go to the GPS location first, and they find a body in a fridge, um, and she d- decides right before the act break that it's the person because of like a remodel. He had broken his wrist. Yeah, he had broken yeah. his wrist. I and- think about this often. I don't think I have anything about my bones that would immediately have bones recognize that it's me. Like, I'm just a... No- Actually, that's not true. I broke my collarbone playing soccer I have when never I was, like, seriously 11. broken a bone. So if we found your skeleton, bones would just be like, well, I don't know. I guess we'll yeah. have to take it back to the lab before the Yeah, they wouldn't instead. know. Exactly. <laughs> Inconclusive. <laughs> so anyway, there's the act break. Then we get into the next. Uh, after the commercial break, we come back and we're in the lab. And Hodgins and Bones are going to look at the bones, but they can't. Now, this is where I got upset again. This is where my legal upsetness com- came back. Caroline comes in and she's like, I can't. Y- y- you can't be the basically i can't have you be testifying as an expert witness if you're also the people who filed the complaint yeah which makes sense i'm upset it makes sense that it's a conflict of interest how can they testify against someone they've sued but they did so much already well, first of all, <laughs> why was that not a problem before they found exactly, this body? I exactly. guess because they already, it was like, oh, we don't have the option to not investigate it because we've already done it. But B, 
Okay, I have a couple of problems. Number one, the first scene we did right after the titles, right after the titles or maybe right before the titles, when they're doing the preliminary hearing, Mm -hmm. all of them testified. Bones testified, Hodgins testified, I think Cam testified and so did Booth, and maybe Angela too. Like, all of them testified at this preliminary hearing. Why was... Why were they allowed to testify? And they weren't testifying as victims. They were testifying as expert witnesses in those hearings. So I guess it was fine then for them to testify as such. And now at trial, it's not going to be okay. Um, I actually did some Googling on this to see if there was some sort of difference. What? I said usual it. Like she says in in bad mouth. Big mouth. I couldn't find anything about this, except I did ask a question about it on Reddit because, um, g- d- funny enough, there's not a lot of situations in, in real life where you would be <laughs> testifying as an expert witness in your own trial. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you don't say. But basically, depending on it depends on the jurisdiction, but a, a prosecutor would only want to avoid this scenario. Okay, so, but bottom line, Caroline is correct in making this deci- decision because you oh oh, an expert witness it's not forbidden that you also be a victim who's filed the complaint at all but the the person cross-examining would be silly not to mention that there's a bias so yeah no jury so if and you're gonna do this in front of a jury because it's a criminal trial so it's the experts have to if they have a vested interest and this happens all the time in the good wife where they'll kind of take down an expert witness because they have a relationship to somebody involved with the defense or the prosecution, then, you know, you, you would just, you, you wouldn't want those people as expert witnesses. Um, the fact that they're not bringing in other scientists as if every scientist on Bones is the only scientist in America who could figure anything out I know, they act is like ridiculous. they're in the nation's capital and they are literally the only people qualified. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that, so their testimony wouldn't be inadmissible, that it, it, it would just be not a strong thing for Caroline to have because, you know, the cross-examination would, would take those, would, would kind of suggest that they were biased for obvious reasons. And then they go, they do that later, um, anyway. (laughs) So, but I guess, so the point is, though, is that they can't investigate the body. Um, and so they're so kind of met with this decision. Also, also victims. Victims. Now, this is the other thing that bothered me is that Caroline, even though she figured out that she can't have them be expert witnesses because they're victims, she didn't realize why, which is that there would be a bias there, not because it would be inadmissible. And then she didn't realize also that there would still be a bias even if they dropped their case because you could still on the cross be like didn't you drop this case that this happened to you like weren't you that's also what doesn't make sense this? yeah now, if there's a bias you shouldn't be involved in the proceedings at all right exactly and i also think it's stupid that they didn't just bring in another scientist to independently look at the evidence and then become the the expert witness you know well then they would have hired had to hire more people like actors or the prosecution would have to hire them more actors 
Well, but also it's just not that interesting, the story. <laughs> That's true. Um, because who would they be? We would have no idea. Yeah. There is a thing, by the way, that I think would, what I assume Caroline is upset, is worried about is uh, something called an FRE 403 challenge, which is if there are, if, if you believe there are circumstances where you can call for the exclusion of evidence, um, where there is unquestioned relevance, so like you can exclude evidence if, evidence if it's not relevant, or if it's inadmissible like they did in the beginning of this. Um, but you, if there is unquestioned relevance, you can exclude it if there, if the probative value of it outweighs the bias, which would absolutely be the case. This is editing Ella here. What I meant to say was that the bias outweighed the probative value. And I didn't say that. I said the opposite. Um, but it's highly likely that I still have no idea what I'm talking about, so... Might as well take the whole damn thing with a grain of salt. Right? Because they were freaking victims. They, like, <laughs> literally were buried alive. <laughs> yeah. So I assume Caroline is worried that she will challenge on these grounds. She is correct. She doesn't realize that it doesn't matter because they're going to be challenged anyway, which they do later. Whatever. Long story short, the emotional thrust of this scene is that there's a dilemma between Hodgins and Bones where Hodgins doesn't want to drop his case obviously and bones does because she thinks she's thinking pragmatically about it and hodgins does it anyway and bones does it and then we go to bones apartment and booth has done it too and that's really really cute yeah it was sweet they all drop their Um, case to defend this little boy and get heather taffet locked up yep so they start investigating and something happens that they should have totally seen coming what is it? It's that Heather Taffet planned that they would drop their cases and that this evidence doesn't support the narrative that they want to prove at all. Yeah, so this, as apparently is the case with many serial killers, is that their first kill is clumsy, um, as all murders should be, because they shouldn't be planned. Cough, cough. <laughs> But I mean, there shouldn't be any murders. I mean, there shouldn't. There should. You're right. You're right. Redact that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you're like manslaughter only. <laughs> um. You know, she. In her first case, you know, doesn't have the same hallmarks as her other as her other crimes did, and so they're now investigating a case that on the surface looks nothing looks nothing like the case that they've created it doesn't fit the pattern at all and you know you can imagine the gravedigger in her cell just you know rubbing her little fingers together with glee like aha so she and this also it's like oh i can see how you would think this was her arrogance which is what booth says but you know then they're like oh she is smart because it's not that she just had hubris she like planned this inconsistency um and they go back to court um booth testifies i this scene frustrated me so much the questioning in these scenes makes me so upset because it's so you know stupid like booth testifies that she was basically at this mall where the boy was taken based on credit card receipts receipts sorry and <laughs> I pronounced the P on it. I've never heard anyone pronounce the P in receipt. 
I just was looking at the word. Anyway, um, and then Heather throws off the question. Okay, wait. Before we get anywhere with that, I just want to say that there's a pretty good likelihood that this trial would happen months later <laughs> after the evidentiary hearing. Yeah, it was so, like two days. It was like two days. Anyway, um, the other thing is, is that Heather when she's because she's representing herself we forgot to say she's representing herself pro se which makes sense because she's a lawyer but it makes the scenes better too because she's like scary as shit but on the cross she asks booth do you think my call from jail was accidentally placed in a file which should have been the judge should have said disregard that's ridiculous like that's i mean caroline says that that's speculation and i think it gets sustained but i just i don't know that really bothered me that that's some reasonable doubt nonsense that's heather a prosecutor and i'm sure she knows this but like heather a prosecutor not knowing what reasonable doubt actually constitutes and then throwing some random shit in there and trying to constitute it as reasonable doubt you know yeah i mean it just there's a lot in this where you're like if you take two seconds to just think about it it doesn't make sense and it would not happen i also have a friend who's in law school and he he was you know like he'll tell me about things he learned like one of the big biggest things about reasonable doubt is that reasonable doubt has to be as they say reasonably placed which sounds like a really vague thing but like basically you have to either you have to have evidence that suggests the reasonable doubt. You can't just, like, plant random reasonable doubt. So, like, to say, you could you could hit Booth with the cross and say, do you know how many um, first phone calls were misplaced in the last year from S- FBI custody? Mm-hmm. There has to it's be a like, leading question. Right. Or, or, like, a question that lays a foundation for that. So, like, you could say, oh, well, you don't know, obviously, because why would Booth come to the trial with that information? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's 7%. Isn't it possible that I'm one of those 7%? Okay. that That's, like, that could at least become reasonable doubt if you, if you objected it and the judge decided it was reasonable doubt and counted it. But it's, like, there's no reasonable placement for this doubt anyway. That, that scene really bugged me. But, I mean, this is the kind of thing that I guess probably happens all the time, which is that you can kind of, I don't know. She's a good lawyer, unfortunately, <laughs> based, on this, based on this shitty judge. <laughs> um, and then Booth and Max. So Max is a part of this episode. He's, taking, he's a vigilante in this episode. Yeah, Max is, is perhaps at his peak of overproductive dad with good intentions and misplaced actions and mistrust of the system which turns out to be kind of i mean we've never bumped up against this in the bones universe because we never see how these cases end up but i think he's right to not trust yeah i mean particularly with someone who's defending themselves and was a prosecutor a prosecutor for some time yeah and someone who knows that it you know, the fact that Booth is five years into this still thinking, oh, the system will figure it out, is vaguely annoying in the first place. So the fact that Max is here to be a foil to him to be like, oh, you think it's just going to get, you, you think because you figured it out, it's going to get figured out systematically? <laughs> okay. Honey, bless your heart. <laughs> I'm going to kill this guy. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Max is like, well, why don't we just kill her? And then yeah, he won't have to deal with this stupid trial. <laughs> he has this, like, kind of Western, old-timey Western sense of justice where yeah. if you have a problem with a man, you just take him out. And, uh, you know, if a man tries to rape your wife, you kill them and then everything's even in the eyes of God. Um, he tries to shoot Taffet. Booth stops him. Max ends up in jail for the rest of the episode. Um yeah, he calls Bones to get bailed out. And Bones is like, uh, no, you have to stay in jail <laughs> until the trial's over because I don't trust you. Bones is like, thank God we got you out of the way. Bye. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the next act break is uh, Max trying to shoot Taffet. And then we open on um, Booth. Here's a big clue. Booth is like, oh, Parker would try to bite her. Lol. Yeah, and Bones yeah. is like, I have to get back to the lab. They're just casually shooting the breeze about the case. And so conveniently, Booth has a child the same age as the victim and knows how a child would fight. Which, for some reason, although they always, they in every other episode, they check the victim's teeth. And they yep. did not in this one episode, for really some reason. Weird. So that well, Booth they could checked tell them the, the t- they, they could have faked it. They could have said, oh, we checked the teeth. They were cleaned. Because that's what they get to eventually is they go to the teeth and the teeth have been cleaned. Bummer. Um, but they could have already checked the teeth and been like, oh, well, you know, that would be good. But the teeth have been cleaned. Whatever. Anyway, then we go to Ma- uh, Angela's magic computer where she's like doing this weird voice thing. I I wrote on this scene. My only note for this scene is I watched this scene six times and I still don't get it. Invert? Question oh. mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. This is what the, the most. What are you talking about? This is the most fake science of <laughs> any of the fake science in all 12 seasons that Angela concocts. Uh, and apparently so we learn we learn in the cross-examination that Angela has a patent pending for this, you know, auditory she's examination. So many, she's technology. got so many things in the fire from a she's minor like, in computer science. Good for her, let, but let like, us not yeah, forget. Caroline should know better than putting her on the stand. Get an actual computer scientist to look at the same thing that Angela did as an expert witness. So basically, um, okay, hold on, let me find out. Angela has Angela's on Angela, the stand, so she does some weird voice inverting shit where she figures out. Yeah, so she inverts like the highs and lows and the mids or something. Like I, as she a talks person about timbre and things that no one knows about. But well, she but also like as a person who edits, used to edit voice audio and also is about to edit this voice audio. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Angela? I, anyway. And she's, well, she has a minor in computer science from the University of Texas. But you know what Doesn't they don't say which study? location. Like, do you know what every voice editing um, thing was in my college? Not in the computer science department, that's for sure. Um, I know. <laughs> so, well, it's so funny because the Gravedigger has, you know, this classic MO of using that, like, Bane voice scrambler thing to... Right disguise her voice when she's sending these ransom messages um but so angela goes on the stand um and i had so many problems with this scene what do you want to talk about it with because i have a lot of things my thing is i have never been convinced that there is a way to unscramble if if this were possible let's just say this if all of these 
you know, serial killer type creepy people use these apps or whatever to scramble their voices so that they cannot be recognized and someone can just put it through um, another app and unscramble it, why would they continue to do this? Yeah, and also... Like, like in, she's just too smart 70s, for that. Unless it's the 70s exactly. and um, it's like the Zodiac Killer calling into the radio show or whatever. If, if you're going to write a villain as clever and well-researched as Heather Taffet... You can't. But does she seem surprised? You, you by can't this? demystify because it because she's surprised she's, at the end. She's totally she, ready. Yeah, and also there. First of all, the, okay. Can I just lay out my legal issues with these? Do you mind if I Please. do a bullet by bullet? Okay. Number Please. one, there's they play with this idea in this episode where you could have a surprise on the stand which is a fake thing. <laughs> There's no way that you I mean you can have a you can have a witness you can question a witness in a way that is surprising because you have to disclose what witnesses but you don't have to disclose what they're exactly they're going to say or what questions you're going to ask. You do have to disclose if you're going to prevent present evidence, you have to disclose that in discovery. So if she had this call, it would have been given to Heather Taffet in discovery and she would already know about it. I don't remember if she was surprised by this, but she's surprised later. So that bothers me. Um, obviously, she wasn't surprised because she created one with Angela's voice and everything was fine. Um, so that's my first problem. My second problem is that she starts the cross by asking her her credentials, um, which Caroline would have already done. Uh, I feel like anytime you question an expert witness, the first thing you ask is their credentials. Um, second mm -hmm. of all, if I were Taffet, I would not go for the credentials as much as I would go for, are you the best friend of somebody who also was a victim of this crime? Also, I would get an <laughs> actual sound witness to look at the same thing and, that Angela found if I were Caroline. And was your ex, who I don't know you've, you've secretly married, also oh, buried alive excellent by point. you suspect me? Excellent <laughs> point. If I were working for i mean i in my mind i'm like oh the law firm's investigator but it's just heather taffet but whatever like heather taffet whoever's investigating for her should have figured out that there's a marriage license between her and one of the other victims that's way easy that's going to be way easier to take her down on um yeah. which and yeah. then on the other hand caroline should not be putting any of these people on the stand for this very reason bone should not be on the stand Hodgins should not be on the stand angela should not be on the stand boo should not be on the stand cam should not be on the stand none of them should be on the stand because it's so easy for her to be like oh of course you would testify this way and any jury Honestly, would be suspicious of that and that that's just bad lawyering that that is the essence of the issue yeah when it comes to the audio I'm actually, this is just occurring to me. How would those audio clips be even admitted as evidence, considering there's no way for the court to trust that that's not just in a pre-edited clip? Do you know what I mean? What do you mean pre-edited? They could have just taken... Why would she, Why? how would they have edited a clip of, like they would have had to have hours of her voice to put that together. That's true. That's true. But you know what? She's a prosecutor. Maybe they have hours of court, you know. They exactly. There's there's I don't know if that's a, a way thing. to get you know her voice recorded. And there's a way to make 
obviously to make it sound like another person as they've proven with you know her fake angela recording yeah but i don't think that makes the court i don't think the court is responsible for that really the defense is responsible for that and they do it they're like that's bullshit you can do that with anybody and that's a good the de- the defense should be doing that. So like this is all Caroline's fault. In my opinion, almost every problem in this episode comes down to Caroline. I'm so upset with her. <laughs> the one time we get to see her do her job. Yeah. And she's always she's always concerned with other people not being on top of it. I know. Oh, I'm so upset. It's almost like and she's like court in a TV behavior. show and everything's fake. Yeah. Um anyway, also I was also upset because I was like everyone should have been witness prepped and no one was. Everyone should have been witness prepped, and it's clear that nobody got witness prepped. That's yeah, upsetting to they me. just showed up. Yeah. Um, anyway, after Angela's testimony, we have an act break. Uh, Heather Chaffet gives a pretty damning little speech, which, again, the judge should have said the jury will disregard the speech because it was out of turn. Um, but then Bones uh, testifies after the act break, which shouldn't be happening, period. Shouldn't be happening. <laughs> Um, and I also think that also, so she basically says that the person who killed this kid was Heather's weight and height, which, and was also left-handed. Yeah. And so the objection is that Heather weighs 125 to 35 pounds and Bones is like, are you objecting to my qualifications? Which she's not. She's objecting that she weighs 125 to 135 pounds. Like, this is where I really got upset about the witness prep where I was like, Someone should have questioned Bones in preparation. Someone should have seen that Bones was going to snap. Yeah. Um, And not put her on the stand in the first place. But at the very least, you should have asked her what Heather was obviously going to ask her. Um, And she's not objecting to the... Like, Heather's not like, I don't weigh 125 to 35 pounds. I mean, that is what she's objecting. But she's not saying you don't have the qualifications, which is what Bones is saying. So... Also, one of the... Well, it's because Heather, you know, with her... I can't believe you have the number, had honed in on Bones' insecurities about her intelligence and her... Well, also, she's questioned... She's also questioned the qualifications of a couple of her friends already. Um, That's true. Angela, the most. What I have written in my notes here is Caroline Julian not exactly killing it here with the questions, LOL. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, no, and she, her, mind is, her mind is on ad break. She absolutely should have seen coming that every single witness she has, that is the entire foundation of her case because all of the physical evidence was thrown out at the preliminary hearing, all of her evidence, all of her witnesses have questionable, like, it's not even like Heather's besting them, like, they actually are all biased. Yeah. If I were on this jury, I would be sus. I would be so confused. Anyway, the dust mite comes into play here. Ah, oh, jeez. This is... <sighs> I won't pretend to know anything about entomology or how one could possibly essentially conduct laparoscopic surgery on a freaking dust mite. <laughs> but I will say this. Whatever human cells... A dust mite. The insects that are currently living in my eyelashes, which I cannot see. Oh. I I know, I'm sorry. 
Boo. They're so tiny. How could how could any piece of physical thing that you could biomatter even be large enough to test? I know that they have this oh the the sample is so tiny that it just it's destroyed through the testing. I would wager in my non-expert opinion that the sample is so tiny that it's inconclusive. Yeah. Well, and then there's this whole well, so this is the first thing Heather has been sur- well, she's kind of surprised about it, but then she's like, "Oh, you didn't hand hand this over in discovery." And then they have to wage out in court the fact that they didn't, you know what I mean? Like I don't think that would yeah. happen in court, but she's like, "Oh, you didn't send anything for me to independently test." And the Jeffersonian team. So basically, the dust mite in the boy's teeth has Heather's DNA in its stomach. Which is a pretty bones situation. And so they test the DNA. It comes back as confirmed Heather's. Or like a 99% chance or something like that. And then Heather's like, oh, I noticed you didn't send any over to me in Discovery for me to test independently. Um, And they're like, oh, there wasn't enough. And the Jeffersonian team is all very indignant about like, oh, you should just trust me. Which like, (laughs) that's not how the court works. That's not how the law works. So Taffet is, she isn't wrong about that. She isn't, well, Caroline also references a specific case here that went to the Supreme Court, which is, she references California versus Trombetta, which I looked up. She, I feel like totally flubs what California versus Trombetta is about because it doesn't really have anything to do with DNA at all. It's about if you are stopped on a highway and you do a breathalyzer test that you don't have to give a copy of that obviously to the defense because Mm. it was a breathalyzer test and there's nothing it's over you know there's only one of them (laughs) it's done (laughs) that piece of breath is gone yeah yeah so they held that the due process clause does not require law enforcement to preserve a breath sample to get that doesn't make any independent testing unrelated to dna really in my opinion breath is inherently ephemeral yeah there's there's no argument against that Blood alcohol content is also pretty ephemeral in my opinion but so i i mean i don't blame caroline for being like let me pull a random supreme court case out of my ass and see if it works um i mean this this whole dust mite is you know the hail mary of all hail marys (laughs) How convenient that a dust mite that had been on Heather somehow made it into the boy's back teeth that she didn't clean and happened to have some of her DNA in it. And they happened to find it. Yep. And honestly, how did the dust mite not just disintegrate? I feel like if he was a dust. I feel like it should have been gone. Yeah. If he was unrecognizable... How on earth is there still any remnants of a dust mite? Yeah. But that's their last ditch effort. That's what they have. In his mouth, the saliva would have broken it down. This doesn't make any sense. Yep. Um, But that's their last ditch. (laughs) That's all they have. That's it. Yeah. And they put all these fucking witnesses that are so fucking I'm rooting for them, I swear. I'm rooting for them, I swear. Well, what I wrote was, okay... (laughs) I wrote, okay, but, like, Taffet isn't wrong about the motives of everyone at the Jeffersonian. Hate to say it, but it's true. (laughs) Um, So then they go to the bar to have one of those, like, oh, we're waiting for the jury to come back things. Um, 
No, they're not. They haven't done closing statements yet. So they're just going to the bar. Mm-mm. And Bones is all like, oh, I used to like investigate ancient dead people. Like, this is so much. This is a lot. Which I probably would have gotten there right after I was buried alive. I don't know if I would have yeah. waited this long. But it kind of understandable. She takes a long time to process. We get it. Yeah. And Booth is bummed, obviously. This is the stakes this is them introducing new stakes into the episode that are going to continue into the show and also very much and so in into the, the next, next episode. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. next episode is the one where they both go away. Um, Bones goes to some island and Booth goes to... The Maluku Islands and then he goes to Afghanistan. Yeah, and there's some real... This is, this is, this is full stakes. Like, this is the premise of the Godforsaken show. So, you know, there's a lot happening here. Um... And then we go after Bones is like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. We act break and we go to closing statements. Julian presents the evidence again. Taffet is like, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Outside the court. Um, <laughs> then uh, Hodgins, we haven't talked about him in a while, but he tells them Mm-mm. that they're married. Everything's going to be okay because they have each other because yeah. they're married cute that's actually pretty in, cute it was sweet bone yeah. says this isn't another pregnancy scare is it yeah way to read the room temperance <laughs> um i thought that, that was, was with her ex also i laughed i laughed <laughs> um then the jury's back in like 30 seconds this is also bullshit the jury never comes back this quick i especially <laughs> for a case like this jesus fucking christ uh I know. OJ's jury would like to would, would, would like to have a word. Yeah. Um so the jury comes back and uh they play the most bones uh fifth act song of ever of all time. It's like a guitar-y sort of in my feelings sort of thing. Not in my Classic. feelings the Drake song, but like the concept. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah. Can you imagine Drake in the middle of a Bones episode? I also wrote, wait, they dropped all the other cases, I guess. Oh, I guess, so they just, did they drop all the cases? Was the, I feel like there were other, did they drop the, like, two boys in the ship? Because they didn't talk about that at all. They didn't have any evidence for that. They only, I they did the one boy. I think they might have dropped that case in the Aliens in a Spaceship episode. Oh, really? We did that episode. Why don't, why don't I? Well, I just made that up, so I don't know. Oh, cute. Um, they made it up, too, so it's all good. Um, yeah. Anyway, so also, I have something really important to discuss. What? So in the first scene, when they're doing the preliminary hearing and they all testify, they mm-hmm. are <laughs> wearing the same outfits, all of them, as when they get this decision back in the last court scene. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Bones is wearing this like red thing with the wide belt that i discussed um julian uh julian caroline julian's wearing the same like cardigan sort of thing uh i mean the men are wearing bland suits so it's harder to tell but like i feel like maybe they were just super duper short on time and they were like let's put the scenes where they have to not have a costume change so far apart that nobody notices but i noticed what the fuck is going on that is so bizarre it's really weird. Because that makes it seem like, well, was there a time jump somewhere? Were we doing flashbacks? Like, this I feel like I'm sense. watching, like, a soap opera or, like, a, 
a high school play where they just like kind of put a coat over some costumes and make it seem like a different day <laughs> yeah and they're like oh i'm 50 years <laughs> old or i'm married but i'm 14 <laughs> anyway i there's nothing really to say about that except for that wow it's crazy that that's the, so one weird. of the biggest fox shows of all time just failed to have a costume change that's so weird um, and then they go for a, a post decision um anyway heather goes to jail forever Woo! and then oh, they go yeah. to the bar they're like heather you're going away for a long time and yeah. she just can't believe it yep and then they go she to looks Founding truly F- stunned she does but yeah she does look she does look stunned because she it she should be she presented some pretty good evidence that everybody who testified was pretty biased yeah <laughs> um and then they go to the founding fathers and uh we introduce some very penultimate episode stakes for the end of the season uh bone says I this have- is perhaps go ahead this is just perhaps one of the most dramatic closing scenes between Bones and Booth. They're, you know, having their sentimental conversation, summing things up for the week. And she's like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I, this isn't what I do. And he's like, no, this is what we do. And she's like, this is what you do. And I, I just got like, poorly. no, 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 that was right. Yeah. And also she, this is the conversation I she thought got happened in earlier. It. Yeah. This is when she's like, she's, she's really, it, this is a bum. The b- booth and bones of this episode is very kind of sad because it, it booth is infatuated with her and bones is kind of infatuated with him at this point, And they're like very close, but it's like, she's having this moment where she's like uh maybe i should like maybe there's some weird things that are happening in my life and almost all of them are connected to being friends with you mm-hmm. and partners with you and doing this with you and booth is just like oh oh what what oh what's happening like yeah. no and like booth has lived his whole life on in this sort of dangerous crime fighting mode that he just can't accept that like she brings up the very good point that there's a good chance that their lives will be in danger again. And they got really lucky this time. And who knows? Is this... Has Booth been shot yet? No. Okay. Well, then she's correct. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I I guess there, the, there's a lot to go into going into the next episode. Um, and I in the next episode, they're going to talk a lot about if bones wants to continue if booth wants to continue if they want to keep doing this blah 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 which is pretty i mean you know if you're in the fifth season of something like this it's a pretty good place to go those are higher stakes and it's you know they have this sweet thing outside the bar where she's ready to go home and he's just pleading her for one more drink to round off the night and you know she finally gets him to acknowledge that she may need a little bit more than like a short vacation. And he has this thing where he says, you know how after a surgery, they say don't drive machinery, operate any heavy machinery choices. or make a decision in yeah. 24 hours. And she's like, I'm going to need a lot longer than that. And she rides away in the cab and she turns, first of all, you never see her tell the driver where she's going. <laughs> Interesting. And then she turns around and she looks Maybe at him. Maybe it's an Uber. And he's gazing at her. This show loves to pretend that there are a lot more just, like, 
yellow taxis in dc in dc i'm pretty sure the taxis in dc are white ever existed yeah this is not a thing but um but this is a callback visually right it's a callback to the first time that they met yeah and she and she's like nope we shouldn't we shouldn't hook up like this is gonna be this feels like a lot more than it is and she goes away and he's staring at her Leaving down the street in the cab. He's oh. such a cutie. He is such a sweetheart. I do think that this scene, this scene 50% really sold me on, you know, the the direness of, like, the, the only reason we care about this show is because of this partnership between these two people who yeah. have different skill sets, but, like, really complement each other and are really good at solving crimes, whatever, whatever. And so, like, the stakes of that feel real. At the same time, I feel like some shows really like, lots of shows, really like to do this thing where they create, because they haven't been paying a huge amount of attention to it, but then they need it all of a sudden, they create the illusion of, like, this momentum that they haven't set any groundwork for. Mm-hmm. I guess. But then there was everything with her dad, too. Like I think Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's been a slow burn for her. That's true. I think... I think it's just, and a I think this just made it all too real. Of a weekly show not having like the ability to make the writing airtight, but I think you could either yeah. totally buy this or be like, I don't know if you totally sold me on something going on right now. So th- I have the feeling that everything's changing is like kind of a, yeah, I don't know. You could either really sell you Everybody's or really. Everybody's changing and I don't feel the same. I don't know that. By Keen. I don't know that. You would definitely recognize it if you heard the real song and not my cover of it. Um, But it is this kind of like, you know, there's this push. There's this push and pull between them. They're so different. But part of the reasons that they're fundamentally different is because she is at her core a scientist and a researcher and he's a cop. Yes. So, I mean, it's it's believable that if anything was going to put you over the edge and say, hey, maybe I should get back to my uh original career it's It's probably having to testify against the person who buried you alive yeah and i also think that i i buy the idea of sort of being entangled in something for one reason and then taking a while to examine what that reason was you know like i think she has a good partnership with booth she likes going out and investigating things and like she likes the the day-to-day process of inferring things from clues or whatever you know like when she goes to someone's house like she's smart and she likes exercising that but i think she's re-examining where she's putting that energy and and she finds safety and comfort in the routine of you know doing an anthropological study on someone who has no skin in the game you know they literally have no skin but i mean i also i also think it's worth noting that the thing that finally because she was in she's been in grave danger probably a couple of times since she was buried alive and so is booth and the thing that actually kind of breaks her is like her experience with the legal process so i think in the they don't actually give a lot of like textual um credence to this in the episode but like on paper it's like it's not the danger it's not the whatever it's the fact that when this gets to the end of the line which is the legal system it's kind of 
not great like she doesn't like it yeah. it's imprecise it's not it's all the things she doesn't like it's it's persuasive and it may, it may not keep her safe yeah and so she's like i think her and, and she doesn't have to fuck with that part if she's doing ancient stuff you know yeah yeah there's there's no prosecution when they're both dead the the i think also you know her father's presence yeah gives a lot of texture to this particularly since he you know feels like he's trying to avenge her in some way and he wasn't a part of her life and that probably also makes it very real for her that you know this whole building relationships and bringing people back into her life it's no longer just about her and how her experiences are affecting her own life you know she's so entangled that I think for her it's not just about self-preservation it's about protecting her relationships too by distancing herself she thinks she's protecting them um anything weird oh back to cam's weird outfit that's gonna go in my new category of things that are not appropriate to wear in the workplace (laughs) um yeah cam was wearing a top that you could wear to a formal event they're always and it dressed had far more cleavage than anyone who works in a lab whatever i mean bones is always wearing <laughs> heels they a lot. always have heels on and she stands who's so been much in like a stupid science lab in school <laughs> and gets so annoyed because you have to wear certain things yeah oh these people work in a lab 24 7 i'm so upset with very precious material like me like trying to study the like something of a leaf but like i was wearing like a dress my chem class even though you know we went to virtual lab when we had to go into lab i was always like shoot my ankles are out shoot my toes are out oh Yep. Got to put on real pants, can't wear leggings. It was always something. And that was for a class where we mostly just were painting things and tie-dyeing stuff. We weren't trying to solve murder. (laughs) Murder. (laughs) All right. Well, we don't really have any more to talk about with this episode. So that's our episode for the week. Our episodes drop literally whenever we want them to. Sometimes even months apart. And sometimes we may never do one again. Who knows? Um, Keep you on your toes. Uh, We're on iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, which is new. And Google Play. So we will have one coming up next something. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at bonescastpod at gmail.com and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at bonescastpod. I am at Ella Duran 98 on Twitter and Niara is at Niara Rain on Twitter and Instagram. Her mic died, so I'm doing her Twitter. (laughs) Um, and bye. It's anywhere between the Empire State Building and, like, B&H Photo on 34th. Like, the Penn Station, Madison Square Garden, Empire... Like, what's... Herald Square. Like, what's going on there? Like, it's all this hustle and bustle for, like, a stadium or an arena that nobody's using most of the time in a Macy's. Like, I hate it so much. (laughs) It's the worst area. Say his name. I forget it. No, I...
forgot it too. Fuck. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna take this whole thing again because what the fuck is that guy's name? <laughs> I I wanna keep saying Lance. <laughs> That's, That's his, his other name. That's his uh, first name. Fuck. John Francis Daly. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the whole thing again. You ready? Yes. Yes, okay. Okay. I'm really trying to fight it. So the last time I figured out I was trying to fight a crush on SNL was when Julian Casablancas was on. And I was like, why oh, my I, gosh. Why do I still have a devastating crush on Julian Casablancas? Like the greasiest thing. never. <laughs> you went. Whatever. That I, is true. I, that is true. Here's what you should watch, Niara. I'm going to cut this entire what? Timmy thing out. Yeah. Because nobody gives yeah. a shit. No one cares. To... Right disguise her voice when Wait, she's sending a, these random messages. Is this a good messages. time for me to do my Bane impression? Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Perhaps he's wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. <laughs> that's my Bane impression. Oh, thank God for that. Oh my God, that's hilarious. It's, um, it's a good thing that you couldn't see me for that. I'm wondering what. Oh, the thing about my Bane impression is that half the time it sounds like uh, Cameron in Ferris Bueller when he's trying to sound like an adult on the phone to the principal. <laughs> Mister, <laughs> when he sounds Mister like when he's doing Sloane's dad. But hold on. Yeah. Here's another one. The shadows betray you because they belong to me. No, that one was bad. That one was so bad. <laughs> that one was weird. What about um? Darkness. I was born by it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man, and then it was nothing to me but blinding. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> why is this giving me? This is because my mom just rewatched Thirty Rock. But oh. why is this giving me the um, Burger King? Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. I. It really sounds deeply like Cameron on the phone talking to the principal. Yeah. Like saying. Mr. My mother died. No, but when I try to do that <laughs> voice, it fails. Anyway, this is really embarrassing. I'm going to listen back yeah. to this and see if it's too embarrassing to put on there. Anyway.